0: Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett at CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. You're potentially firing thousands of people on the same day. We've got that story, plus the ruling class say, let them eat bugs. But first, UN-backed Banker Alliance announces Green Plan to Transform the Global Financial System. This coming from the fine work of Whitney Webb and UnlimitedHangout.com. On Wednesday, an industry-led and UN-convened alliance of private banking and financial institutions announced plans at the Climate COP26 conference to overhaul the role of global and regional financial institutions, including the World Bank and IMF, as part of a broader plan to transform the global financial system. The officially stated purpose of this proposed overhaul, per alliance members, is to promote the transition to a net-zero economy. However, the group's proposed reimagining of international financial institutions, according to their recently published Progress Report, would also move to merge these institutions with the private banking interests that compose the alliance, create a new system of global financial governments—governance, sorry— and erode national sovereignty among developing countries by forcing them to establish business environments deemed friendly to the interests of alliance members— It's the same thing the IMF and all these places have been doing for 50 years. They just kind of are dressing it in the new kind of green, uh, the Green Reaper kind of clothes. In other words, the powerful banking interests that compose this group are pushing to recreate the entire global financial system for their benefit under the guise of promoting sustainability. We told you COVID lockdowns will become climate lockdowns. This alliance called the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero, G-Fans, I assume they're pronouncing it out, G-F-A-N-Z, G-Fans, launched back in April by Skull & Boner John Kerry, U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Climate Change, but that's not all. Janet Yellen, U.S. Secretary of the Treasury, former Chair of the Federal Reserve, and Mark Carney, U.N. Special Envoy for Climate Action and Finance. And former chair of the Bank of England and Bank of Canada, Carney, also UK Prime Minister's finance advisor for the COP26 conference, currently co-chairs the alliance with US billionaire and former mayor of the big rotten apple, Michael Bloomberg. G fans, it gets it gets deeper. GFANS is composed of several sub-sector alliances, including the Net Zero Asset Managers Initiative, NZAM, and the Net Zero Asset Owner Alliance, NZAOA, and the Net Zero Banking Alliance, NZBA. Together, they command a formidable part of the global banking, the private banking and finance interest, basically 43% of all global banking assets. However, the largest financial players who dominate GFANS include... The CEOs of BlackRock, Citibank, Bank of America, Banco, Santander, HSBC, as well as David Schwimmer. You wish it was Ross from Friends and not the CEO of the London Stock Exchange Group. And Millie Gilbert, chair of the investment committee of the David Rockefeller Fund. Notably, another Rockefeller-connected entity, the Rockefeller Foundation recently played a pivotal role in the creation of natural asset corporations, NACs, in September, these NACs seek to create a new asset class that would put the natural world as well as the ecological processes that underpin all life up for sale under the guise of protecting them. Principles of GFans, including BlackRock's Larry Fink, have long been enthusiastic about the process or the prospects of Nax and other related efforts to financialize the natural world. And he's played a key role in marketing such financialization as necessary to combat man-made global warming climate change. We'll include two of the other links, New Financial Alliance for Net Zero Emissions launches. And, of course, one of their papers they're proud of where they're pulling a lot of this information from amount of finance committed to achieving 1.5 degrees centigrade now at scale needed to deliver the transition. James, That's a lot of words to say humanity's evil and you should die and pay us for the pleasure. Exactly right. And I am just
1: thankful that somebody out there, and perhaps not surprisingly, Whitney Webb, understands what just took place last week in Glasgow. Because I read a lot of coverage of COP26. And yeah, okay, yeah, hypocrisy, private jets flying in to lecture about not using jet travel and stuff. Yes, 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 yes. I hope we all get that by now. But this is about the linchpin of the great transformation leading us into the 2030 plus agenda. This is it. And this is what it's about. And yes, it is eye-wateringly boring to be reading through all these acronyms and blah, blah, blah. So if you really want to cut to the chase, every time you hear the term net zero, just replace that in your mind with neo-feudal. This is the neo-feudal banking alliance for neo-feudal owners association of the neo-feudal future for the neo-feudal economy, where you will be the peasant who will be scrabbling to eke out an existence from the soil while your overlords jet around in their private jets laughing at you. That is the vision of the future, and this is how they are implementing it through their international banking oligarchy. Now, uh, please, for anyone who left who can still read a lengthy article, please read this article. There is a ton of information in there, and it's a good way to start getting a handle on this. I will throw in a link and a nod to the only other people that I saw trying to get at the real root issue here. There was an article by Michael Kyle called COP26 Climate Politics, Contraction and Convergence, which at least broaches some of this uh, multinational climate finance um, uh, agenda that is playing out here. And perhaps not surprisingly, I guess, at least, whatever, thankfully, the real leftists, the real socialists, the real crunchy granola greenie weenie Died in the wool socialists, not the neolib, neocon, corporate, conglomerate, de- Democrat, Republican, they, them, those, but the real died in the wool socialists at, can, at the very least, although they blot buy into the climate change swindle itself, they, at the very least, recognize that what's going on with the UN agenda is nothing to do with saving Mother Earth and everything to do with lining the pockets of the banksters. So I'll throw in a CommonDreams.org article by a Jessica Corbett, no relation, but um, beware industry-backed nature-based solutions scam warns Global Climate Coalition, talking about some of these genuine leftist groups that unfortunately buy into the swindle itself, but at the very least see through what is being offered as the solution, quote-unquote, to that swindle. I will also... At the risk of tooting my own horn, I have been screaming my head about this for years. And now for the $100 trillion bankster climate swindle. Who wants to be a carbon trillionaire? What is the future of bankster finance? And the scamdemic was so last year here's what's coming next where as you point out yes the the covid lockdowns will transition seamlessly into the climate lockdowns and that's not just physical lockdowns but the lockdown of the economy itself the restructuring a new economic model is being pushed on the back of this scam I cannot overstate its importance. I will be writing another editorial about this this weekend, so please stay tuned for that. And for anyone who can grasp the significance of this, the linchpin of the great transformation that we're being led into, please help me in spreading the word about this. Use any or all of the resources that we're going to provide in the show notes and start spreading the word about this issue. I guarantee this is an important issue going into this decade of great resetting transformation.
0: It's been, again, James, as you and I have talked about this for so many years, it's now been so interesting to see who emails us. You and I were talking about this recently. Sure, back in the day, a decade ago, we were mostly getting emailed by farmers and punk rockers and essentially counterculture people. Who are we getting emailed by now? Police, doctors, truckers saying, I can't believe this is all happening. So I've got one, it's not actually public yet. A Media Monarchy member emailed me to say the massive American trucking company they work for basically had some giant hack attack that they've managed to keep secret. He told me the name of the company. I keep trying to take a look out and go, oh, still nothing, still nothing. One them two video from a guy who's obviously in the industry who seems to know something about it. And we wonder, why do they keep trying to pin... Well, these, you know, the shortages are going to continue unless you guys all get vaccinated. This is a, this is a rich tapestry. All these stories are deeply connected. And James, we've said for a decade plus, even if you believe in all of this, how does paying carbon indulgences to Al Gore and Goldman Sachs do anything? And, and really, did you, did you see Al Gore talking about climate surveillance? Al Gore basically saying we can use the hundreds of satellites and all, we can use this system to track down the climate culprits. And we know who they are. And it's certainly not Al Gore and his giant, of course, palatial home. That's Al Gore. So he was on recently with Alan Greenspan's wife on MSNBC. You know, Andrea Mitchell reports except the non-disclosure about their connections to the financial interests of all of this. The phrase gets boring, follow the money. Uber, Airbnb, and now, James, it's going to be NFTs. You'll owe nothing, and they will be happy. So maybe we should have flipped the order of our first and second stories, because now we will move into the delicious hypocrisy at the COP26 conference and perhaps introduce you to a new word. I know, James, I've been mentioning to people, cli-fi. Watch out for climate fiction. Those will be the new horror movies and things that they'll try and shell you on. But here's another one for you. Carbon food prints. The ruling class plan to change what you eat. Spawned by the unsustainable menus. Fed to allegedly climate-conscious billionaires at COP26, the latest trend in foodborne guilt examining one's carbon food print will add to the emotional minefield that comes with ordering dinner, let alone if you're allowed to have Thanksgiving in a couple of weeks. Eaters can't be allowed to get away with just counting calories anymore, according to The Telegraph, who, who got me in Twitter jail the other day claims that Brits are clamoring for carbon counts to be added to restaurant menus, supposedly inspired by the menus at the COP26 climate conference, and you can see all the photos of it, in which all meals are accompanied by their carbon footprint on attendees' printed menus. The plan would seem to be an upwardly mobile version of the old saying, you are what you eat. However, for those trying to eat their way to environmental friendliness. More than a few activists noted the sustainable meals being fed to the masters of the climate universe involve emitting more than three times the average carbon food print the planet's residents allegedly must adhere to in order to prevent climate catastrophe that was totally gonna happen back in the 70s, I think. Meat and fish on the menu at COP26. This is the equivalent of serving cigarettes at a lung cancer conference. That is the pretty catchy phrase from climate activist Joel Scott Hawks. Even the organizers of the menu noted that the average person would have to shrink their food print down to 0.5 kilograms of carbon dioxide in order to meet the 2015 Paris Climate Agreement goals. Perhaps, and this is the interesting thing, perhaps their own carbon profligate menu, which included a haggis dish coming in at more than seven times your desirable average food print, Maybe it was a sly jab at the governments themselves, most of which are considerably behind on fulfilling the carbon promises they made six years ago. James, that'd be great. I'd love that. If actually the chefs and stuff are like, dude, let's make the most egregious, ridiculous menu and expose these guys as the hypocrites that they are. Again, as I noted last week, if hypocrisy was deadly, there'd just be piles of corpses everywhere. From the Telegraph, Green Cuisine, why it's time you watched your food print. Menus that list CO2 commissions emissions rather, are a common sight at COP26, but as the Telegraph says, but things aren't as straightforward as they appear. Don't do your own research. This isn't hypocrisy. Despite using private jets and traveling around Europe with an 85-car entourage, Brandon slams Putin for appearing by video link at COP26. James, again, this is how dumb all of this is. Wouldn't appearing by video be the more, like, environmentally friendly thing to the, again, just when you think it can't get stupider, it does. And people lap it up and ask for more. James. Uh, Yeah,
1: unfortunately so. And you're exactly right to point out that this is obviously of a piece with that first story that we're covering. Once again, net zero economy, think neo-feudal society and who is going to be eating the, you know, the, the fancy steak dinners and who is going to be eating bugs uh, and, and, and dining on, you know, things that they're able to grow from the increasingly deep depleted soil. It will be the commoners, the peasants, the us. Essentially, at the bottom rung of the power pyramid. So, yes, they are fervently, desperately trying to inculcate in the public right now this desire for the future that they want to bring about. And how do you do that? You program into the population uh, through ridiculous, stupid, transparent tactics like the one pointed out in this article that we're linking up, talking about this Telegraph article that is saying, oh, you know, people are, are, are increasingly asking for this on their menus, right? Wait. Let me look around in my everyday, day-to-day life and see how many people are clamoring for, you know, how many... Wait, I want to know the carbon food print of this thing that I'm eating. How many people are authentically, spontaneously of their own volition asking for that? And how many people are going to read that in something like The Telegraph and be psyoped into thinking, oh, well, if it's... Uh, maybe that is something that I... Oh, I I never thought of... Okay, well, yeah, let's get on board with this agenda. Anyway, this is the transparent and obvious ways that they try to bring about the desire for the future that they're creating. And uh, it, it's... I mean... It's so ridiculous when you see it that you can't unsee it. It's the the meme that's uh, popular now. Zero days since The Economist wrote about eating bugs, which, I mean, is just transparently true. Go and do a search on any search engine for economist eating bugs, insect food, whatever. There are lots and lots of articles to choose from. And of course, not just The Economist. The Guardian and everything else has been pushing this for years because it is part and parcel of this agenda that they're pushing. The great economic transformation is going to absolutely involve a complete transformation of the food system itself, which they continue to talk about in document after document. I just wrote about uh, that a portion of that um, agenda last weekend in my last weekend editorial, so I'll include the link for that. But we know where this is heading. We know what this is really about. It is about inculcating in the public, getting them ready, training them like prisoners in a prison system for the complete carbon ration economy. And let me just remind you, in case you missed it, just in August of this year, we had nature.com personal carbon allowances revisited. Because again, this is something everyone's thinking about. Man, I I just have way too much freedom to make choices about what I want to do with my life. I hope that some international governmental or non-governmental body will come along and institute some sort of technocratic system where they ration how much carbon I'm allowed to to use in my day-to-day life. Man, I can't wait for that to come come about. Oh, good, nature's talking about it. And so I guess we can parade. Now, I would like to end with something of a positive note. Well, at least, you know, the, the public sees through this and it's not catching on. And I could point, for example, to a headline like, Beyond Meat shares crater as losses mount. Company expects weak U.S. sales growth ahead from CNBC, which sounds like, yeah, good. You know, this Beyond Meat, this biosynthetic lab-based frankenfood that they're trying to shove down the public's throat. People aren't buying it. People are seeing it. And then you read into the article and you discover, oh, net sales only rose 12.7 percent to 106.4 million dollars for the year as opposed to the 109.2 million they were expecting that's why shares are cratering a weak u.s sales growth well it's still growing it is still taking over um a, a greater and greater part of the economy and this is the vision of the future so unfortunately this is one of those issues where people's normalcy bias kicks in with full force Plug their ear, la la la, nothing's happening, oh, ba ba ba. No, it doesn't matter. They're going to try to shove this down the public's throat, but no, it's not going to work. Anyone who has experienced what has just happened and the complete transformation of society that has just happened in the past two years. And think that by 2030, oh, there's no way they can, oh, meat is a luxury and all this. No, no, no. I'll just continue to shop at the supermarket. No problems. They are going for it. They are going to try this great transformation of the food system itself. We need to be on top of this issue. This will be the front line, the first order of that great economic transformation that we're talking about in story one. So definitely part and parcel. I hope people will read my article from last weekend and understand where this is heading.
0: James, I got a notice and was invited to get in on the IPO of something called Vaxify. It is a gold rush for essentially the biomedical security state. Essentially what I talked about last week. Wow, your concert tickets and your papers are all together in one app. It's essentially that. This business is booming. They are going for IPOs on Wall Street with their track and trace corporations. Uh, Basically, I mean, you... You can't satirize Clown World. It's already a joke, like a Portlandia skit from a decade ago. Oh, we want to know the name of our chicken, to the point where the Babylon Bee essentially predicts the future now before it happens. So for this episode 466 of New World Next Week, recall our story two weeks ago Dozens of top nuclear scientists with highest security clearances being fired from Los Alamos lab in New Mexico after vax mandate and it continues. Thousands of intelligence officers could soon face dismissal for failing to comply with the U.S. government's vaccine mandate, leading Republican lawmakers to raise concerns about removing employees from agencies' critical To national security. They're always screaming about national security. Overall, the percentage of intelligence personnel who have been vaccinated is actually higher than for the American public. I'm not sure exactly how to feel about that. 97% they claim vaccinated. At the super woke CIA, for instance, But there are lower percentages in some of the other 18 agency intelligence community of approximately 100,000 people. This according to Representative Chris Stewart, a Republican from Utah. In some agencies, as many as 40 percent are unvaccinated, Stewart said. He declined to identify the agencies because full information on vaccination rates were classified. Rules for thee, not for feds. While many people will likely still get vaccinated before the administration's November 22nd deadline for civilian workers, resistance to the mandate could leave major agencies responsible for national security without some personnel. Man, they are going to be totally hamstrung when the scheduled Rittenhouse riots break out. Uh, also, sidebar, more people killed at the Astroworld stampede than at the Capitol back in January, for some perspective. Intelligence officers are particularly hard to replace due to the highly specialized work they do and the difficulties of completing the security clearance checks in the first place. The National Reconnaissance Office, the NRO, which operates U.S. spy satellites, has more than 90% of its workforce vaccinated. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence, the DNI, declined several requests to provide figures for the intelligence community. They also wouldn't say, what are you guys going to do If you have to fire all these people for not complying overnight, my question is, what's the impact on national security? If we do that, Stuart said, you're potentially firing thousands of people on the same day. And it's not like you put an ad on Craigslist and have people apply by Thursday. Democratic members of the House Intelligence Committee say they're confident that the vaccination mandate will not cause a problem for the intelligence community. Representative Jason Crow, Democrat from Colorado, said the agencies were doing quite well and that getting vaccinated was a sign of an employee's readiness. If somebody's not willing to do what's necessary to protect their own health and the health of their unit, whoa! That actually calls into question their ability to effectively do the job, Crow said in an interview. Several major agencies with large military components all declined to provide their vaccination rate when asked by the Associated Press, including the National Security Agency, the Defense Intelligence Agency, and the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Stewart, the Republican from Utah, a former Air Force pilot, has been vaccinated, but he said he opposes mandates as being intrusive and counterproductive. If you say you have to do this and we won't consider any exceptions, that's where you get people to dig in their heels. So Coke says this is bad, but Pepsi says this is good. The last thing I wanna leave you with is the National Reconnaissance Office was running a drill of a plane crashing into their building and you know they're staffed by DOD and CIA. James, you know, that famous quote seems like, again, not to go too far afield, we can't figure out who was in San Diego that had a brother that worked at the White House and went to his broker and said, cash me out. It's all going down tomorrow from 9-11 suspect Robert Barrett. Seems like, I don't know, we could probably track down within a relatively decent guess about who that might be. But, you know, that's that's crazy, James.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, here's where my mind goes with this story. So remember when Let's Go Brandon was being selected back in the previous episode of America's Next Top President? And after that, of course, there was the big concern about the right-wing extremism in the military and all these people who are going to be disloyal and there was, they were starting the inv- internal investigations and all of that. Well, how do you actually get rid of those people? Because you can't just fire them for having political allegiances, right? For criminal wrongthink, I mean, you can, but they might have some legal recourse to at least tie you up in the courts about that, right? Well, how about if you had some sort of litmus test for how much Kool-Aid people were swallowing, and whether they were allowed, whether they were going to go along with it. I know, like a vaccine mandate for a non-vaccine and experimental medical intervention um, that a lot of people with their heads screwed on straight are at least going to uh, to question whether or not they should be taking that into their bodies. And how, so then, well, you have an automatic sort of litmus test then. You you don't have to go into, you know, and start firing people for whatever they posted on Facebook or something. No, we have this mandate in place and you didn't follow it. So this is a good way to clean the ranks of any non order followers from these agencies and uh, and the military and other key positions isn't it and so and also i think isn't it funny yes this does give the lie to the to the idea that the national security state is so essential to the operations. Without them at the at the steering wheel of the country, without millions and millions of federal employees, uh, we're going to fall into chaos. And now it's like, well, you know, we might have to get rid of 40% of the <laughs> intelligence agencies overnight or whatever, but uh, we're confident it won't affect our operations. Yeah, because it, it isn't necessary, huh? Right? Are they going to... I hope they do prove that by their actions in the coming days and weeks and months. But at any rate... As I was saying uh, a week or two ago, this is it. This is the line in the sand. This is the hill people are going to die on. And people are standing up. And the people who are standing up are, at the very least on this issue, they are on the right side of history. And, uh, and w- things are happening right now. So I, I don't know how this is going to play out. But I'm pretty sure that at the very least, they do see this as a convenient litmus test to see who's going to follow orders unquestioningly.
0: And it's a it's a perfect storm setup either way, because it can they can spin it as saying this worked in our favor or later they can go, oh, my God, all those anti-vaxxers, we would have been able to protect you from a Chinese sneak attack or whatever stupid crap they're going to make up. Uh, Also note that November 22nd is JFK blown away day. And of course, 1122 adds up to 33, you know, just crazy conspiracy theories. In conclusion of this episode 466 of New World Next Week, newworldnextweek.com has Corbett DVDs. We've got, so, nine eleven trillions, nine eleven War Games. This contains the National Reconnaissance Office. You know, the folks who might get fired for not taking the MAGA jab? Some of them were running hijack drills in the morning of 9-11. It's a real amazing coincidence. So, 9 trillions, nine eleven Trillions, 9-11 War Games. Of course, the double-disc of how and why Big Oil conquered the world, and, of course, who is Dr. Bill Gates. All that at newworldnextweek.com, of course. Also, my Danny Casalero radio play. Hopefully some merch coming soon, you guys. Also. Of course. Actually, not hopefully. We know. Merch is coming soon for the neuralnextweek.com <laughs> store. It is in motion. They are on their way. Of course, we've got the P.O. Box here in the States if you want to support either of us and don't do the digital money thing. And if you didn't know, I basically run a radio stream Monday through Friday, 9 to 5 Mountain Time, mediamonarchy.com slash listen. James?
1: Excellent. Well, we do need people's support to continue doing this work and uh, having getting a physical copy of something that you can then actually physically possess and hopefully copy and lend out and whatever to yep. other people. Just get the word out on these issues. They are extremely important, as I hope our regular listeners understand. We'll leave it there for now, but we'll obviously be back for next week. James, thanks uh, for putting these stories together. Thanks so much, buddy. Take care.